Welcome to the Today's Market Explained podcast, where we will be sharing some of the most important investment opportunities that we are seeing in ways that are easy to understand and hopefully even easier for you to benefit from. We will also interview subject matter experts who can give insights into new and exciting investment opportunities. To maximize every episode's value, please go to todaysmarketexplained.com and download your copy of the 65 investment terms you must know to reach your financial goals in the shortest time possible. To see all the best video highlights from every episode, please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. So now on to the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, the Four Star Podcast. And and we are in, in Today's Market Explained podcast, I should say, which is a, a Four Star podcast. Today, we, we're doing an interview process with two of the smartest people in real estate that I know. And we're going to hear a check-in on what's going on in the real estate markets certainly in the Midwest and then around the country. So we have two uh, very important ladies in the real estate market. Let me uh, introduce them to you. First, we have Miss Miss Laura Ellis. And Laura is the president of Baird & Warner Real Estate. Uh, she is uh, obviously a very experienced person in the real estate market. Uh, residential sales, right, Laura? You're president of residential yes, sales. Yes, that's correct. Yes. And prior to this, uh, She'd been general manager, sales manager, had her own firm prior to this as well. And, and Laura has, has helped lead the firm to a, a high prominent level in, in the market. So welcome, Laura, to the Four Star Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Thank, thanks for being here. And then also uh, working with her is another very prominent figure in the real estate markets, both in Chicago and where she's lived in Lincoln Park. And also, I will mention a little bit of Harbor Country, Michigan. So you do have a lot of experience in that area as well. Uh, and so her name is Tripti Castle. And she's executive vice president, I believe, right? Senior vice president, actually. <laughs> you just gave me a promotion, but, you know. <laughs> uh, welcome, Tripti, to the podcast. Uh, and Tripti is actually also my wife, which is also great. <laughs> so, so we get to hear from my wife and her boss, basically. <laughs> going, but but uh, these folks really know what's going on in real estate for sure. So I guess maybe we can start out with uh, we had you guys with us before on the podcast and talked about real estate, and you know we've been through in the last two years a pandemic, a very strange, uh, very disappointing economy. But yet the real estate market kept real estate markets kept going up. Um, maybe Laura, maybe the question for you would be why do they keep going up, uh, and when, what do you see for going forward in the Chicago real estate market? Yeah, well, that's a big question, Brian. And there's a lot of factors that I think uh, we can look at. Um, first of all, you know, the COVID nineteen pandemic really brought about some fundamental changes in home uh, owners' uh, personalities right now. You know, when we were forced to really sort of hunker down and be inside of our homes and we were working out of our homes, it gave everybody an opportunity to really look around and, and rethink the environment that they're in. So, you know, we're really looking at this as a, a pretty permanent change that the pandemic brought about was that people said, okay, I'm going to live here. I'm going to work here. If, even if not full time, it's likely that in the future, I'll be working more from my home. And I want to make sure that I'm in the environment that I want to be in. And I think it's important to note that although it's been a long time, the recession of 08, 09, and 10 
really um, affected people in the way that in some areas, their home values never recovered from that point. And so people were very reticent to move. Well, then fast forward, the pandemic happens and people take a look and say, mm, you know, I'm going to spend a lot more time in my home than I thought it before. And I want to really like where I live. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and, and Tripti, so uh, you know, I know that uh, a lot of people are moving now. In fact, we're moving uh, from one place to another. And it doesn't seem like the real estate markets are really slowing down. Um, why would that be considering uh, everything that's going on in the city with crime and all the other issues? Why are the real estate markets holding up? Well, I, you know, before I, before I touch on that specifically, I'm going to add a little bit to your last question. Which okay. is why why did things get so crazy during the pandemic and they're continuing in terms of the real estate market? There's also Laura touched on it since the recession. Um, there was a lot of pent up demand, so we were on a trend even before COVID happened. You know, the real estate market was probably going to get stronger, but all the moves that have happened in the last couple of years might have take, taken a period over a period of longer period of time. But a lot of people had wanted to move, and there was a lot of um, pent-up demand from a younger generation, people who were in their 20s that were either still living at home with their parents or still living with a roommate or married and living with a kid in a small place. So all this pent-up demand would have come out and there was not enough um, properties being built. So we have we have a, law, a big shortage of new homes. So that's what that created. So to answer your question of why are people continuing to move, that trend is continuing right now. And I think what you were touching on specifically Chicago, um, why are people still moving to Chicago when all, all of this stuff is being heard? You know, the press loves to exaggerate things that are going on, you know, and I'm not I, I'm not going to take away from the crime issues and some of the other issues that are happening in the city of Chicago, but there's still a lot of things that have made the city a wonderful place to live. In early days of COVID, there was a thought that people would be living in the cities because they didn't want to live as close to other people. What we're seeing now, the city market is, is has come around, especially the high-end market, is a lot of people who thought they didn't want to live near people really did. They didn't during the pandemic because they were afraid to be near people during the pandemic. But if anything, being away from them created a greater demand for interaction and things to do and you know the activities and the culture and everything that's in the city. So um, the city is just as strong in some cases, depending on the neighborhood price point, as the suburban markets in Chicagoland, but all of them are strong. And we we don't see an immediate slowdown because there is still a severe um, lack of homes for people to buy. You know, and if I could also jump in, thank yeah. you, Tripti. Mm -hmm. um, another uh, really important factor here is homeowner affordability mm -hmm. and the interest rates that have been so low for so long. And yes, we're seeing a little bit of an uptick recently, but even with that, homeowner affordability still is at all-time highs. So we've had wages increase, interest rates for the most part, holding relatively low in the historical context anyway. You know, mm -hmm. interest rates at 4% are still crazy low. And so you've got a lot of buying power here that's also fueling this market. Mm -hmm. So like Tripti said, an undersupply, under not enough building, um, during the recessionary years, and then the pandemic and low interest rates and high um, homeowner affordability, all these factors together just really create a hot market. 
Yes. Well, and, and you mentioned under supply and, and there are markets all over the country and naturally in the, in the markets where people are moving, you know, dramatically like Texas and Florida, Arizona, those markets are on fire, obviously. And, and, and we've heard a lot about that, but it's even happening in Chicago, isn't it? And there's still so much happening. Um, but one thing that one thing that the national real estate markets have identified is that people are trying to buy into newer properties as well. That you know there are older properties that are you know we've always talked about teardowns. You know somebody you know we have a house that might be a teardown, right? It's only about 27 years old. So people are wanting to tear old properties down and build new. So could it also be a sense that people want to buy differently? They want to buy newer things rather than someone's old house. Possibly. Yeah. Definitely. That is definitely a big part of it, you know, and that we were, I would say pre pandemic, there was a glut of properties that were older. It was hard to sell something that, that either wasn't new or felt new. If you had something that wasn't new, you had to make it feel new. You, we, you know, we call it the HGTV phenomena. Everybody wants their property to look like the finished product on HGTV before they even buy it. But we've gotten to the point now that um, the, there's so much more demand for property than there is property that people are willing now to buy some of the older homes. In some cases, tear them down. In some cases, with the idea they're going to fix them up. So in a way, this um, this inventory shortage has helped those properties that weren't um, in tip-top shape or weren't brand new. It's, it's enabled sellers to be able to sell those homes too. Although that's where we see a lot of buyer's remorse when there's multiple offers is the we have you know there's so many properties sold under multiple offers and oftentimes the number one buyer who win who quote unquote wins the property um will end up doing a walkthrough and saying wow this needs a whole lot more work than i thought and they'll back out because they made oh really decision. yes it's very it's very common um so we all so you guys see this to bear and mourner we hear these stories about all the all the multiple offers and then people who come in with a contingency are kind of like left in the dust by all cash buyers, does it make sense to go in with a contingency anymore with with as hot as real estate markets are? Or should you always just come in, make sure you have cash to buy and then maybe take a mortgage out later after you purchase the property, if you can and do that? If, I mean, if you're able, if you're yeah. able to do that, Brian, you're absolutely right. It puts you in the strongest position as a, a, a viable buyer. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't in the position to be able to do that. So, you know, contingent upon financing is relatively common and you can certainly people can get pre-approved and be in a, in a strong position. But those um, people that are trying to buy a house contingent upon them selling their house are really going to be left um, in, in the rearview mirror, so to speak. They're not in a strong position. Especially then, in a trip to your yeah. little office. By the way, there we are. Okay, all right. Um, well, great. So, so I think the record uh, home price in America was logged in again. What again last month at three? Is it three hundred and fifty-seven thousand average home price in America? Is that right? Something like that. I don't know because we don't really. I don't track the national numbers. Okay. Yeah, it sounds more like the Chicago metro market average sales price. I know okay. our company, we're just shy of 400,000 right now um, okay. in the Chicago area. So with record high prices, um, the what's making the affordability there is the low financing then. That, that's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. So, 
So now the big question is this, this Wednesday, the Fed is meeting and it's pretty much the worst kept secret that they're going to raise interest rates. So um, it's also most likely that they're not going to raise a half a point, although there are all kinds of rumors, but now after all the discussion and all the drama, pretty much the Fed is in a box and they can't really raise a half a point and they can't go through without raising rates although the economy is getting sloppy because of this war. So if they do raise, that's a long, that's a long lead in, but if they do raise interest rates a quarter of a point, what happens to the real estate market in the short run? Uh, Tripti, you want to take that one? Sure. I'd be happy to, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the short run because we've seen it both ways. Sometimes a quarter point interest rate actually ironically brings buyers out and it gets them to make decisions because they're worried of a trend. So if you're a buyer who's been looking at numbers in the back of your head, you're thinking interest rates might go up, might go up, but I don't know if they will, but I haven't I haven't made a decision yet. The minute you hear that or you see that, you say, wow, I got to jump on something because it's only going to get worse. So mm-hmm. that quarter percentage is not usually enough or significant enough for someone who is buying to say, whoa, I'm, I'm not buying now, I'm done. Um, yeah. You know, if anything, maybe they have to adjust their, their um you know, their expectations. It's a little bit, it's an interesting thing right now because because we have so many buyers versus sellers that the effect of an interest rate, even if some of those buyers back off, even if there's a certain percentage that say, I can't go that extra quarter point, there's still enough buyers in the marketplace that are going to say, well, I better hurry up and do something. So I really don't think it's going to do much in the short run. Okay. So let's say we have this one interest rate increase. And, and the Fed is actually, if you look at the way the bond market is priced, the bond market is priced that we're going to have four interest rate increases, at least a quarter, or maybe a, some of them a half a point. And then, of course, Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan came out about a month ago and said, oh, there'll be as many as seven rate increases, which we don't think is even possible. But the economy is getting a little better. We saw labor force participation rate went up. We saw employment numbers better than expected. So even though there's this chaotic war, certain numbers in the economy are getting better in America. So what if that causes the Fed to accelerate and move faster with raising interest rates? What if we had three or four interest rate increases? Maybe that first one would cause them to come out and get more active, but maybe the second, third, and fourth might slow things down in real estate. Laura, what do you think of that? Um, it's possible, you know, three or four or more interest rate hikes certainly will dominate the headlines out there and, and be in people's concerns. But I think what we have to keep in mind right now is interest rates are right now under 4%. So yeah. even if they, you know, did four quarter point um, increases, 5% has been, you know, in the historical context, it's still very low. And as Tripti um, rightfully pointed out, we have so many buyers in the marketplace right now and an undersupply of homes. I really don't think it's, you know, yes, it will affect some people. Yes, money will be more expensive for them. Yes, it will impact and maybe moderate the appreciation going on right now in the market with real estate year over year. But in the long run, I don't think it's going to make a, um, a, a sig- it's not going to significantly slow our market down is my point. So it would probably take like seven or 10% interest rates to really slow things down, right? Exactly. Yes. And we're nowhere near that. No. <laughs> Got a long way to go. And that's good news. Yeah. 
So, so I still remain pretty amazed that there's so many buyers, but when you look at what happened in the real estate depression from 2005 to 2012, a lot of people didn't buy. A lot of people did buy, bought, lost their homes. And so does, does maybe that era uh, tell part of the story of being so many buyers now that there's like a decade of home formation that never really happened? Yeah. And, and Tripti touched on this. And I just want to reiterate, you know, during all those years when there was very little to no building of new homes going on, households were being formed. People were immigrating into the country. People were getting married, starting families, and unfortunately, in some cases, divorces. People, you know, we're in a human business here, a business that's driven by human needs. And lives continue, you know, like I said, lots and lots of households were formed during that time when we weren't building. And so there is a school of thought out there that we have several years of a pretty strong to hot market ahead of us, just based on that. So maybe we should buy the home building stocks, huh? There you go. Maybe. There we are. <laughs> That's your business to decide, Brian. <laughs> we'll stick share. to the real estate advice. <laughs> Let me just share with our listeners that the home building sector is still one of the top seven sectors that is in our model, and we're investors in that in those groups right now. But um, one of the things that I also, um, you know, the national media does a lot of work on our brains and they talk, they tell a lot of stories, some good, some not good. And one of the stories they were telling all through, through the pandemic is no one will ever want to live in a city again. And they're all going to move to the suburbs. And we did hear all these stories about people going to the suburbs. Uh, so I wanted to kind of check in on that trend. Is that still happening or is that, you know, is that just a bunch of bunk? Brian, if I can jump in. One of the other things that was said as a result of the, the Great Recession was that millennials will never want to own a home, that they are going to be lifelong mm. renters. And we have seen that be absolutely patently false. Right. Millennials are lined up to want to own, their, to purchase and own their own homes. Yes. The second part of that. <laughs> yeah, Laura's absolutely right. And I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. We The numbers are not showing at all um, that, that, properties are slowing down in the city, that millennials are moving into the city, they're staying in the city. Um, you know, I jokingly have said before that, you know, early on in the pandemic, when they said everyone, quote unquote, was moving to the suburbs, there's no vacancies in Chicago. For every sale where somebody sold their condo or their home to move to the suburbs, somebody bought it. Inventory is low in the city. So this mass exodus is, is just not true. And property values are going up in the city as well. So um, as I said earlier, I think um, there's anecdotal stories of people who have moved um, to an area um, that to be remote from other people and are now regretting it because um, th you know things are coming back and they crave the humor and human interaction. There's people, there's always been people. There are people who love living in a rural area, people who love living in suburban, people who love living in urban area. I think that has not changed long-term due to the pan pandemic. The one thing I do think that has changed a little bit and may continue is there does seem to be a greater need for second home type of properties because, because people have much more ability to work remotely now. So the um, second home markets are just on fire because, you know, you didn't have to be somebody who was, you know, who's, who was, you know, in their 60s or above who was retiring to buy a second home. You could be somebody who's 30 years old and say, you know what, I'm going to buy a second home so I can spend January and February out of the Midwest somewhere it's warm and I'll still keep working. And, 
you know, Brian, as you know, we have a niece who's living in a trailer home for two years because she can and she's working full time or it's been a year, I think, now so far. Um, but there are people. So I think that demand is going to continue because people don't feel that they have to be in the same place all of the time. Yes. Interesting. Well, and then there's been one one trend we did notice then during the pandemic era. Uh, a lot of people were put out to work. About 40 percent of the economy wasn't functional, like restaurants, hospitality, the transportation industry and travel, uh, you know, but yet the construction people were working. There's high rises being built. Uh, who's moving in? There, there are people moving in, aren't there? I yep. mean, the apartments and condos and all over the city. So are these, are these properties filling up? Are there, is there more demand? Absolutely, they are. Yeah. yeah. There's an article just today I read um, that the, the rental, the downtown rental market has appreciated I, I don't want to quote the number because I don't remember it, but it was a huge amount over last year. I think it's at 15%. So not only people are moving in, but they are, they're lined up to move in. And the condo market too, that, you know, we thought pre-pandemic that there was overbuilding going on and we're not seeing that now at all. Yeah. Interesting. Well, great. Well, we kind of covered a lot of uh, subjects about real estate. What else, what else do we want to hear from you guys about real estate that we haven't talked about? What, what else should our listeners hear? Um, I think what the listeners should know that if they are in the market to buy property right now in Chicagoland and many of the other markets, don't get discouraged. I know it's, it's, it's discouraging to people because they have to make quick decisions. They have to move fast. They have to negotiate, you know, find yourself a good realtor. If you are not, if you don't feel like the person you're working with um, is you really need a good, good realtor that you have a bond with, find someone good to work with and, you know, get aggressive. And by aggressive, I don't mean necessarily overpay for properties, but figure out what you want, get in there, play the game. When you see something you like, don't be afraid to come in with a strong offer. Um, you know, don't get discouraged. If you're looking to buy something, there's something out there for you. Nice. Laura, how about yeah, I, I, thank you. I would add, you know, a question that I get quite frequently is, should I wait? Should I wait till this hot market cools off? Maybe I can get a better price later. Get that question a lot. And my answer is emphatically no, do not wait. All the dynamics in place, there is no bubble. This is my opinion, of course. This is not a real estate bubble. The, the um, active market is based on sound fundam fundamentals, homeowner affordability, under supply, all of those things. I think we're going to see a pre an appreciating market for, for some time. And so if someone is in the market and they ask me my opinion, if they should wait, I say, no, get in there, find, don't raw, you know, don't feel pressured. But when you find the right house, like Tripti said, get in there aggressively and, and secure that property for yourself. I think I, I concur with that. You know, we, we talk in the investing world all the time about trying to make an investment and then making a profit on that investment over a period of years. But people are buying homes for their life to live in, right? So it's a little bit different. You know, maybe you certainly don't want to lose money on a property, but it's not only about whether you are going to be able to flip it for a profit. You're going to live in it. You're going to cook meals in, in the house and you're going to raise your family in the house. So it's a little bit different purchase, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's a really good, important point, because when you're in this sort of market, you know, many of us want to feel like we get a good deal. We, we feel like we don't want to get taken advantage of. But how do you define a good deal when you're buying a home? A good deal is that you, you bought the perfect home for you. It may not be 
it might be a little more expensive than another home, but it's a good deal because it was right for you because it's not like buying a stock where really all you wanted to do is go up. And actually, Brian and you and I just went through this recently because we were looking for a property and we were getting discouraged. And we, <laughs> we just said, yeah, we were getting very discouraged because everything we liked was either sold right away or wasn't quite right. And we waited. And when we found the needle in the haystack we were looking for, we didn't, we immediately didn't give it any opportunity for anybody else to even consider. You know, we could have negotiated back and forth, but we just went in and asking and said, this is the price we want because getting a little better price wasn't worth the risk of somebody else coming in and buying it out from under us. So um, you just have to consider that. Well, and there's two people in our office right now that are trying to buy homes and both are uh, up against other bidders, right? It, it wasn't always this way. The real estate markets are pretty hot and, and the demographic trends there are for all the things we spoke about today. So uh, it may be, you're right, Laura and, and Tripti, that the real estate markets are going to be strong for a while. It's just based on demographic trends. It's based on a lot of different factors, but it just seems like real estate's a, a great investment right now. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any certainly collapse in the real estate market. Uh, you know, well, certainly it's probably going to continue to go up from here. So uh, that's great. Anything else we should know before we uh, finish our discussion today? Anything? I think we covered it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Thanks. And I think, I think you guys were on what, uh, 18 months ago. So we'll have to check in again, maybe next fall and see what's going on, see how the summer goes. I know this weekend in Chicago, uh, we had all the parades and we hadn't had parades in a long time and downtown was filled with people and they were going to the to the theaters and going you know, all over the city and it almost felt like the old days again it felt like the city's coming back and it felt really fun and people want to be in cities cities are where things happen so uh the the uh expected demise of chicago and new york and la probably isn't going to materialize i think people are going to come back and so it's a great place to be. And uh, you guys see it right, you know, firsthand being very dominant in the city as well as the suburbs of Chicago, don't you? That's right. It's yeah. all over right now. All of all of our suburban markets are hot. Yes. And you guys have how many offices? 28, 28. or 28 offices, right? And mm -hmm. 3,000 agents or so. Is that right? Almost. Okay. So um, if anyone needs to look at real estate, certainly you can call Baird and Warner Real Estate as well. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, ladies, for being with us today on the Four Stars Today's Market Explained podcast. And we'll check in with you in, a, in, a, in the future, hopefully next fall. All right. Great. Great. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about maximizing your stock market returns in the least amount of time and effort, please go to todaysmarketexplained.com and download your copy of the 65 investment terms you must know to reach your financial goals in the shortest possible time. If you felt any benefit from this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this link with anyone you think will also find value and benefit here. Also, please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube to see the best moment video clips from every episode. So thanks so much for tuning in and keep growing out there, everyone. This podcast is provided by Four Star Wealth Advisors for general public and general information purposes. This content is not considered to be an offer to buy or sell any securities or investments. Investing involves the risk of loss and an investor should be prepared to bear potential losses. Investments should only be made after a thorough review with your investment advisor, considering all factors, including personal goals, needs, and risk tolerance. Four Star is an SEC registered investment advisor that maintains its principal business in the state of Illinois. The firm may only transact business in states in which it's filed or qualifies for corresponding exemption from such requirements. For information about Four Star's registration status and business operations, please consult the firm's form ADV disclosure documents, the most recent versions of which are available on the SEC investment advisor 
advisory public disclosure website at advisorinfo.sec.gov.